Thanks for being here this morning. If you have a Bible, if you want to look up on your phone, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read verses 13 through 18. Ephesians chapter 6. Before we start, next Sunday, March um, 6th, we'll have communion, but next Sunday, more, um, we've been having Cup and Conversation, which is um, a men and women's Bible study going on, but next Sunday, we are going to encourage everyone to come, if you can come, at 9 o'clock, uh, from 9 to 9.45, and uh, we're going to have what we're going to call Word and Their Testimony, uh, just a time of praise and prayer. We do not get to hear um, the stories of all that God's doing in everybody's lives on a regular basis. And I think we miss out on that. So having a chance to get together just for 45 minutes before the service, uh, we'll do a song and just kind of open it up to some praise and testimonies to have people share what God's been doing and just encourage each other together from 9 to 9.45 next Sunday. So I would encourage you, I'll put it in the Wednesday Word, I'll put it in the next Saturday's email, uh, we'll have some juice maybe out here. Uh, but just to come 9 o'clock, just invite the church in the auditorium uh, just for a time of word and testimony. And I think you, if you come, um, and as we just be together, hear from each other, I think you'll be encouraged and even prepare our hearts for communion uh, later in the morning. So next Sunday, uh, 9 o'clock to 9.45 here in the auditorium, um, everybody can just come. But Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18, we've been working our way through the armor of God, which is just basically the resources that we have been given as Christians to stand. Um, and if you want to stand, these are the resources that we have and how um, to use them. But Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18, says this, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance. And verse 16 again. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, thanks for your word. Lord, thanks for our church. Thanks that we can gather together at the beginning of a week and worship you and to hear from your word. So God, I pray that this morning that you, Holy Spirit, you just remove any distractions from our hearts, that you would open our eyes, that you would teach us, that you would encourage us, that you would help us, that we would have and take up the shield of faith and encourage us with it. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have watched the news at all this past week, it's much easier to picture 
what war is like and what this passage is like. If you've seen the situation um, in Ukraine that we had heard about being built up, and I went home Wednesday night after the Wednesday night service, turned on the news, and the war had begun. And it, it was attack. It's very easy to picture, if you see the news, war. And yesterday I was watching some of the news and a woman named Alina Nass was in a bunker in the basement in Ukraine, in Kiev, talking on the news with her camera, talking about the situation and holding her five-month-old baby and all the people in there and the situation and her, the tone of her voice striked. Uh, she was terrified. She was concerned. She was in high alert. And they were wanting to stand. They want to stand as a country, but they were not prepared. And she said this. She goes, we were not prepared for the war. We did not expect it. Even though the United States had said for months that this was coming, even the people in the city of Kiev, the capital, they, they, they heard about it, but they didn't really think it would take place. She says, we were not prepared for the war. We did not expect it. This morning, we're going to look at what Paul described as the shield of faith, or faith as our shield. And the reason why I want us to look at this one, particularly this morning, is I want to inform some of you that there is a war for your faith. And I want to free some of you who in your life, a flaming dart of the wicked one hit you. You didn't realize it, you still might not have recognized how it's affected you, but it has damaged you spiritually and you have just been rocked. And you've participated in church, you've tried to read scripture, you've tried to function as a Christian, but deep down in your heart, you've always felt there's something off, there's something wrong, and you've been tormented with it even at, at times. This morning, I hope, by looking at this, you might be freed. And for some of you, I would want to fortify you. You know what flaming darts of the evil ones are like. You've experienced them. You've faced it. We need to stay prepared. The flaming darts of the evil one are real. This is not a game. People in Ukraine have recognized what war is really like now. A week ago, they wouldn't have thought they'd be in basements. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul's telling this church that there is, he wants them to stand. And the facts are, we are up against an enemy who is uh, present darkness, spiritual forces in heavenly places. There is a real Satan, there is a real devil. He is out to attack and he shoots fiery darts of the evil one. Satan attacks people directly. When I was 18 years old, I was a senior on the second floor of our house helping my dad with the project. A flaming dart of the evil one struck my mind. And honestly, for about five years, it shook me to my core. If you'd have seen me and met me, you'd have thought, 
Nothing wrong with him. He's going to a Bible college in the fall. He went to that Bible college in the fall. He's got friends. He's doing things. But inside of me was a rocked and ravaged individual who struggled to figure out what was going on. And it wasn't actually until about two years ago through different circumstances, that God had brought me through many of it over these years, but to even have a fuller understanding of it was over a couple years ago, quite frankly. The the, the arrows of the evil one are real. Some of you know what I'm talking about. We are called to stand. This is not a passive posture. It's standing like when you're standing in the sea and the ocean up to your knees and the waves are coming, the sands are underneath you, and you are trying to stand. Paul is telling this church, stand. This is not a passive posture. Four times he says, stand, stand, stand. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, Roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We're called to stand in the fact that we need the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So we need some facts The United States had passed out facts for months about what was going to happen in Ukraine. Nobody believed those facts. Those facts came to fruition. And then their people are surprised. So this morning, we want to give some facts, some facts about shields, some facts about some flaming darts, and some facts about faith. First facts about shields. The verse says, in all circumstances. He'd already given two of the things of the armor of God. He'd given the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Those are things that we attach to ourselves. It's, the truth is Jesus Christ, and the blessed breastplate of righteousness is our righteousness that we get from Christ. If you're a Christian, you have these things. You have all of these things, actually. They're all resources for us, but then he says, in all circumstances, or at all cost, or in addition to all of these things, or in addition to all of it, take up the shield of faith. This is very important. In all circumstances, in all of these events of a life, take up the shield of faith. If you're going to take something up, though, you have to probably put something off. In all through Ephesians, Paul talks to this church about putting off things. Ephesians 4, 22, he says, to put off your old Self. In Ephesians 4, 25, he says, put away from you falsehood and things. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but, in, but, in, but instead expose them, he says in 5, verse 11. This is a war that he's called to us as Christians. And so, so put things away, we've got to take things off, and we've got to take things up. And Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us lay aside, he's talking to Christians, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. See, all through Scripture, Christians are supposed to put down things and they're supposed to pick up things. And what you hold on to will determine where, what happens to you when the flaming dart comes. If you're holding on to stuff 
It isn't going to help you. You're going to be consumed. This is why Paul says, put away sin. Put away the thing that lay aside the weight and the sin which easily clings to you so closely. Be careful what we're holding in our hands or really what we're holding in our hearts, what we hold on to. Because what you're holding on to, whatever you choose as a resource for help, will either crush you or it will give you the victory if it's the shield of faith. Because when a flamey, fiery dart of the evil one comes, and it affects you in so many ways, and you're rattled by it, you're going to pick something up. And if you don't pick up the right thing, it's going to consume you. That's the point of a flaming dart of the evil one. So we're supposed to take something up. And what are we supposed to take up as Christians? What do we have to help us is we have a shield, there were different types of shields that a Roman soldier would have used back then. And this, there's two words in the Greek for shields. One's the round circular one, kind of like the Captain America shield that, you know, is supposed to be wonderful. Or there's another type of shield, which was a larger type of shield. And in this passage where it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, it's not talking about the little round shield that they would use. It's talking about the big, like a door. It was a two foot wide by four feet long shield. It was, it was concave, so you would stand behind it. Most people back then were not tall. They were basically, uh, the average Roman soldier was about five foot four to five foot six, so I was a giant back in those days. So a four foot two uh, and a four foot wide and a four foot um, long shield would have protected them. This is, a, like a, this is a huge door in front of them, and it was made of canvas. It would have been like two planks of wood to put together, covered with canvas, and there was iron and brass wrapped all around it. We've seen this in a big boss in the middle of metal that was to deflect thing. They would stand behind this as a door. It's just like the same type of shield that the bomb squads use today. We carry them through. Riot teams use them. It was like a 22-pound shield covering them. And what they would do with it, they would stand behind it. The technique that they would use is obviously they would stand behind it as a door as they would move closer to the battle. And they would do this thing called the tortoise movie. You've probably seen this in some movie. They'd all come together. Riot teams do this today. They'd all come together with their big door shields, the big shield in front of them. Some guys would get down and they'd have the door in front. Other guys would hold the doors up on top. And it would be like, look like a, they'd walk slowly towards whatever they were trying to attack as flaming darts were being sent at them or things were being poured on top of them to try to destroy them. They call this the tortoise move, which is to remind us when you read Ephesians chapter 6, this is not just you taking up the shield of faith. This is a, the community of faith. He's writing this to the church collectively. Together, we need each other in this. We're supposed to be reminded that we are stronger as a unit in the strength of God's armor. It's not you just going out there standing spiritually on your own. It's collectively as the church. And it's this big shield that protects us. Genesis 15, verse 1, God said to Abraham when he called him out, he says, and Abraham didn't know where he was going. This is the type of protection that God said he gave him. He says, fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. What a shield is supposed to do, it's supposed to cover you, 
It's a, the big shields, they connected the, other, the, the soldiers together, and it quenches the fiery arrows of the evil one. Here's what Satan wants to do. Satan wants you to stay exposed. You get attacked, something going on in your life that you are all struggling with. He wants you to stay exposed by staying in your pride and saying, I can't tell anybody about this. Nobody can help me. If I told people about what was really going on in my head or in my life right now, uh, they would just run me out. And so Satan's like, yeah, that's true. So he wants you to stay exposed in your, your pride. He doesn't want you to get the help and the cover that is helpful. Say the, a shield's supposed to connect you. Satan wants to disconnect you from others, and the shield quenches fiery darts. Satan wants to take the fiery darts and consume your life. So how does he want to do that? How does Satan go about doing that? He sends flaming darts of the evil one. So that's the picture of the shield that we're supposed to have. It's the big door shield that we're supposed to get behind. That's the one that we're supposed to take up. And then we take it up because what's going to happen to us is Satan's trying to consume us with flaming darts of the evil one, which means nobody in this room who's a follower of Christ, who's a Christian, is immune. You say, well, I'm just a teenager. What's the evil one? I mean, it's very direct. It's Satan. What's, What's Satan want with me? He's not going to mess with me. He, he wants you. You say, well, I, I'm just a mom. I'm a grandma. What, what does Satan want with me? He, he wants you. Say, I'm just a guy trying to do my job, take care of my family. I, I got much, I, what, does God want, what does Satan want with me? He, he wants you. He wants to take you out. It's the flaming darts of the evil one. No one is immune. Martin Luther, when he was in his uh, translation of the Bible, in German, that you can still go today, where he experienced, he was the leader of this great reformation, he experienced satanic attack in very real ways, one way and so much so that he was in the midst of translating, writing things down, and, and he had this satanic flaming fiery darks come so much that he picked up the inkwell that he was writing with, and he threw it at the wall and splattered it all over, and the ink stain is still there where he was in a real hand-to-hand battle with the fiery darts of the evil one. No, no one is immune from these things. They are, they are flaming darts, the Bible describes them as, which means they're meant to inflict mortal wounds to people's faith. The, the armor of God is for Christians. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it is for you. You you can quench the fiery darts of the evil one as a Christian. It it is for those in the faith. If you're not in the faith, Satan wants you to, but you don't have the protection of God's armor. How does Satan then do this? What What are these flaming fiery darts that come to us? I mean, Satan is the a liar. And he's the author of lies, the Bible says. And Satan will come to you in numerous ways with flaming darts. And I just got a few. Satan will come to you with false facts about you. He will say you are not what you are. And you can't do what you are called to do. 
He will come to you with all kinds of lies that you're not good enough. Who do you think you are? You can't be a Christian. You're incapable. With just false facts being sent to you. He will come at you with false guilt. There, there are people in this room, you've probably prayed for your kids for years or situations in your life, and you think the reason God's not answering this prayer is because what I did 25 years ago, and, and if it, it, God, God just couldn't forgive me. And so he has sent a flaming dart into your life, and you're doing everything that you think you know to do to try to get God to make sure you feel the love of God. Is God working in your life? And all Satan does is keep sending all these, no, are you kidding me? I'm so, God's supposed to help you? I knew what you were like when in your 20s. There's no way that God's going to answer those types of prayers. The problem with that is it's kind of like we create this, anybody into Wordle? You know what Wordle is? I've gotten into Wordle. Look it up when you get home. You'll be into it too. They give you a blank, blank list of spots. You're supposed to pick and figure out what the five-letter word is. You just guess a word, and then you get about six opportunities to get the word at the end. And you're trying to figure it out and go through the whole thing. This is what false guilt does for us. We get this flaming dart from the evil one of this false guilt. Something happens, and then we take what happens... And we try to, Satan will send these lies to us, and we try to figure the whole rest of the scenario out and how it's going to work in our own minds. The problem is, we get the wrong word. Or what we think is going to happen is not on the word list. That's not God's plan at all. But Satan will keep lying to you with these false, flaming guilt. He sends false facts for you to believe. He sends a false guilt upon you. And then Satan will send foreign, vicious thoughts to you, just blasphemous thoughts, perverse images, lies about God's violence against yourself or your family. You know when this happens? When, when you sit down to read your Bible. You ever had this experience? You open your Bible up to start reading it, and the only thing that comes to your mind is some perverse image, or you go to pray and you get so completely distracted, or just you have all these things that come flying into your mind, or just lies about God. What's it matter if I follow God? God doesn't care about me. What does it matter? I'm just going to do whatever this. There's just angry bitterness towards family for no reason. You just... Get down, things are going great, and all of a sudden, you're just angry. And these things flow up. These things stick like burning, flaming arrows. An old Puritan said it this way. One of the, one of the strategies and devices of Satan that he likes to get with us with all these things is Satan likes to leave his brats at the door and try to get you to believe that you fathered them that you get these ideas in your head, these thoughts that, that aren't from you, you don't want them, you don't desire them, you never know where they came from, but they seem like they're coming from you. They seem like they're inside your brain, because they are inside your brain. You're wondering, well, well how, did this, how did this get here? And it's a flaming dart of the evil one, Satan saying, hey, hey it's not from you. It, it's it's evil from Satan to distract you and to consume you. He, he'll use false guilts, False facts, foreign vicious 
thoughts when you're trying to do things for God, you're trying to get ready for church, you're trying to be committed, and all these struggles you have mentally. He'll, he'll also do it with fierce suffering. You'll get the phone call that it's cancer. Or, or you've, you've prayed for years for somebody to be healed and they die. And it just can blow you away. And all these struggles that Satan will use, and all these lies, all these flaming darts of the evil one, what they can do if they're not dealt with with the shield of faith is that they do form like ridges in your brain and in your life of fear and frustration, of negativity, and just anxiety constantly flowing free through you. And, and nobody else may even know about it. You, you can walk around for years and months and, and nobody else will even know And because you've been hit by a flaming dart, unprotected, and, and you're so shaken. And Satan doesn't care if you're involved in church and if you are sitting where you're supposed to be on Sunday. He's fine with that because he knows he's got you so messed up with it that you're not going to do anything about it. Anyway, this is his strategy. This is why he says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. How, how are they extinguished? Here's some facts about faith. Ephesians chapter 6 is not in a written in a position of fear. He, he's, he's writing all these wonderful things about their salvation, and he says, here's at the end, let me just give you this, so that you can be in a position of confidence and hope. We are called to take up the shield of faith. It's not faith in faith. It's not faith in, oh, I just hope this works out. The shield of faith is faith in an object that is faithful. The Bible talks the shield of faith is our faith in Jesus Christ. It's Christ's faithfulness that allows us to have faith. Proverbs 35 says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Faith is this. This is not saving faith that he's talking about. This isn't about take up the shield of faith and become a Christian. This is taking up the shield of faith as a Christian. When all these flaming darts are coming at you and all these things that you don't even know how to even express sometimes that you've dealt with, what are those things that have bothered you spiritually? They could very well have been a flaming dart of the evil one that has swung in to wipe you out and you need the shield of faith as a Christian, faith is trust in, trusting in God's power and the promise of our identity in Christ. It's really trusting as a Christian that God knows what he's doing. Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith is just trusting in God's power, saying God knows what he's doing, that he is able to accomplish these things. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And what's our faith? that we believe in a God who loves us so much that he came and he sent his son and he rescued us and he desired to be with us. And this God 
is going to help us in this life, that we can trust him, that when he says something, it's true, no matter what the circumstances will be, we can say, you know what, I know God's character. I I know what God says about himself. This is who I know God to be. So even though my circumstances or my thoughts or what I'm dealing with seem very real and every fiber in your body feels like this is real as a Christian faith is no this is real what God says about himself is real that God is the way the truth and the life and we can trust him because he desires us there's a great account in first Samuel chapter 12 when Samuel had followed God's people, they had they rebelled against God, they said they wanted a king, and Samuel comes at the end and says, you're right, you sinned. But, and this is what he says to them in 1 Samuel 12, verses 20 through 24. And Samuel said to the people, do not be afraid. I mean, listen, and Samuel said to the people, do not be afraid, you have done all this evil. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart, and do not turn aside from after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Some of you are followers of Jesus Christ, you're Christians, but years ago, Satan somehow convinced you that God really doesn't want you, that he's not really pleased with you. This verse says, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. When God looks at you, he is delighted with you. He's absolutely pleased with you. He loves you. He knows all the sin that you've done. And he says, don't run from me. Don't be afraid. I'm absolutely pleased to know you. I want you. You you, you are the reason that I sent my son. He's absolutely pleased with you. And that should build our faith, which is what Ephesians does. It says, Ephesians 1 takes the same thought and it says he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace. It was God's great pleasure to save you. It's God's great pleasure to take you in with all that he knows about you, all the bizarre attacks that have come to you, all the things that you think, you thought, and they were really attacks. God says, I I love you. I mean, I'm pleased to have you. This is how he feels towards you. And we take that reality as the adopted children of God. We don't have to act like we're orphaned children. We are loved and adopted by God. And Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, after he healed this boy with a demon possession. And they said to them, why, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said to them, he said, because of your little faith, For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You can read that and feel like God's rebuking them. Jesus is rebuking them, saying, oh, you guys can just buck it up some more. But really, this is a very unbelievably helpful and helpful passage. Jesus is saying, hey, if you you want to be strong in your faith, if you want to quench the fiery darts of of the evil one, it doesn't take huge faith. You don't have to be Martin Luther. You don't have to be John Bunyan. You don't have to be Charles Spurgeon. 
all of them suffered from intense attacks, depression, and anxiety, and fear. You don't have to be them and God use you. You just have to have a little faith. Just a little faith, the size of a mustard seed, and nothing will be impossible for you. You can quench the fiery darts of the evil one. But we are like the guy who came to Jesus and said, I believe, right? Help my unbelief. This is our struggle. I believe, but help my unbelief. So how do we build up on our faith? We build up on our faith by focusing on God. Read Hebrews chapter 11. It's the chapter of faith. These all were given a promise. They followed after God. They looked to see what God said, but they believed God. They trusted in God. So focus on God and then free yourself to find help. Some of you may be struggling with this attack of Satan that's come in the last five years, 10 years, two months ago, 25 years ago. You've never told anybody about it. You've never expressed it. You've never felt comfortable enough to say, hey, this is what's going on in my brain, in my heart, in my life. I need to help. And Satan has just let you wander and let you get wrapped up in that and let your mind go to all kinds of places. And you have just tried really hard to stay faithful, but you're exhausted. And you're exhausted emotionally. You're exhausted spiritually. And you know it because maybe you just need to get with the tortoise pack of the big shield and say, here, let's get together. Free yourself to find some help. Feed then on the promises of God. Like Psalms 37, the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Or Psalm 62, 8, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Or Psalm 63 says, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. I mean, the Psalms were written for people who are being attacked by flaming darts of the evil one to read and to pray and to rest him. So that when you don't know what to say and you can't figure out how to pray, you just read the Psalms and that's your prayer and you rest on it. And you, and you lean on other people and you say, I can't pray right now. I can't move forward spiritually right now. But I need you to let me lean with you and walk in this fight together. This is how we quench the fiery darts of the evil one, and it is taking faith and believing that God is God. And we feed our faith by focusing on God, freeing ourselves to get help, feeding on the promises of God, and then following through with the support of others. You go and share this with somebody, and you think, well, if I share this, and this, this, this will be over with in about a week, and I'll be good. I'll be back strong and moving forward. The reality is, Satan's really good. And it may take some time. And he may keep sending them. But if you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to follow through. I'm going I'm to get with people. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to follow through with the support. You, you will be amazed how helped you will be and how many people you will be able to help with the same comfort that God has given you to comfort for your comfort. 
We build our faith by fighting to the finish, focused on Jesus Christ. We say like the old hymn, my faith has found a resting place. From guilt my soul is freed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. And in that reality, he will hold us fast. This is what the shield of faith says. It says we will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. How many of them? All of them. All means all. If we take up the shield of faith, it means we have God's armor and we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one because God's the one that's going to hold you fast. I saw a video of Christians in Ukraine last Thursday when the bombs were flying. They weren't getting out. They weren't going to be able to get out. And so they stood as a family and they were singing the song by Keith and Kristen Getty, He Will Hold Me Fast. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the temper, tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so. He will hold me fast. If you are being attacked by flaming darts of the evil one, the truth is Christ will hold you fast. It's an unbelievable resource that we have that will quench all the fiery darts of the evil one if we will take it 